Look for me where hope no longer resides. Look for me where smiles have become endangered and happiness is but a fable. Look for me in the spaces where darkness feels comfortable and sadness breathes easy. Look for me where anger never wants for anything and bitterness feels wealthy. Look for me when all feels lost. When the future seems but a fantasy and your dreams are now ravaged nightmares. For when you look for me in these spaces, you'll find the essence of you. Void of all the sadness this world has injected you with. You'll find your freedom sitting atop a mountain of your smiles tucked within the gloom of despair. Look for me in places that aren't always so obvious. For sometimes when one searches for happiness, it's not where you expect. But it doesn't mean it isn't there. Look for me. For when you find me, you shall find you. So now the question is, are you ready, misfits? <laughs> Let's get healed. Welcome to the healing space. I am Sensei Raven Ekundayo, and today is a very special episode of THS. On September 9th, 2008, I created an open mic in Baltimore, Maryland named Storytellers. That open mic ran three years and created a lot of firsts, not only for the Baltimore open mic scene, but in the open mic scene in general. I was asked when ST was just an idea how I would go about making it different. See, back in the day, Baltimore had no shortage of open mics. You could literally find a different one every single day. So... Storytellers was on a Sunday, a day no one assumed would work. <laughs> that day brought standing room only audiences on many occasions. This was also the first open mic to record and post every single show on YouTube. To this day, you can watch every performance there. We also focused the open mic on the importance of reading and sharing stories of how we paid forward good energy and services to others. Storytellers was a safe space for all who wanted to share their stories void of judgment. On the second floor of the UB Blake Center, you could be yourself and share your gift, no matter what it was. So, for this episode, we want to celebrate what would be Storytellers' 10-year anniversary. BHW will be back in two days for a special Culture of Pop episode. But for this episode... It's my love letter to the Storyteller's family and the misfits that helped to make my vision a reality. You'll hear from some of the Storyteller's team, as well as many of the misfits who were in the audience or took to the stage to tell their story. You'll also hear performances from the shows run at the UB Blake Center. We had many Amadamavis performances, so it would have been impossible to share them all, but I hope you enjoy the ones that I chose. So, misfits, let's enjoy these stories together. And my question for you is, are you ready? So, misfit? Yeah, that's me. From the first time I stepped foot through the doors of Storytellers at the UB Blake Center in downtown Baltimore, 
It felt like I was right where I needed to be. Each open mic after that was just confirmation. Whether I had a song to share myself or if I was there to support other Amadamifist local artists who wanted to tell the world their stories and the unique ways that made them truly individual and special. Being a part of Storytellers opened up a part of myself that I had never known. Singing anywhere else. I remember the time I sang It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday, and it being an acapella song was a challenge being a solo artist, but I quickly realized a few bars into the song that I was absolutely not alone. Those who were sitting in the chairs around me started to sing with me, filling up any empty space with harmonies that filled me from the outside in. It was the first time I had actually felt the energy of those who were within the sound of my voice. But that's what Storytellers was all about, though. Allowing you to be yourself while being a part of something bigger than yourself. Storytellers wasn't just a place for me. It was a place for everyone who needed a safe space to express what was going on inside of them. A place where you found friends and family that you didn't know that you had yet. A place where love was shown and felt, literally. I remember when I was asked to feature at Storytellers. I was immediately filled with excitement and nervousness all at the same time. I had never had my own time slot to do what I wanted. The night I featured changed my life. It was everything I'd hoped for and then some. Storytellers shaped my life, filled a space I didn't know was empty, and gave me the keys I needed to unlock confidence that would have me go on and win two major singing competitions. (laughs) I have my whole Storytellers family to thank for that. And with that being said, (laughs) my name is Andrew Carpenter, and I'm a misfit.
This is Nicole Bastfield, also known as Luminous. During the um, the run of Storytellers, I was a co-host. Um, I would like to say I was one of the founders, but not the uh, originator of the idea. So I was basically there during the birth of the idea of Storytellers. And from there, I transpired or... Yeah, from there I went from being the listening ear to the the unique thought to the co-host of the inception of the show. Um, my favorite role, or my favorite moment in that role was just being able to bring, you know, unique people to the stage. Being able to uh, foster a love for storytelling, you know, to be able to give people that safe space to let their to let their stories be told, to, to let them speak freely without fear of judgment. My favorite moment as a performer uh, was releasing my book. You know, so often we sit down and we jot down these ideas and formulate these images and trans, transcribe them onto paper, but we never birth them for other people to hold, you know, they, they're never a tangible thing. And so when I was able to compile all of my work or a vast majority of it at that time into a paperback book and to be able to present that to people and let them feel my words in addition to reading them, I want to say that was the ultimate moment like my favorite moment as a performer as far as contributions to the baltimore art scene i i go back to being a safe space i feel like storytellers allowed people who didn't fit in to the clicks a place to go it gave them their own home it gave them that outlet that place where they knew they can bring whatever it was and just leave it you know they can bear their souls on the floor in front of a room full of people and still be loved and not be judged and just had that camaraderie, you know? I feel like it, it offered that to them because in some other venues, they may have been seen as an outcast or an outsider, and those things will make anybody hesitant from stepping on a stage and, and, and sharing their voice. In the years since Storytellers, I, I want to say I've paid it forward in a number of ways um, from the random paying for someone else's things at the grocery store to just sharing my truth every day or sharing my love for reading or 
my thirst for knowledge um, each and every day. I work with preschoolers, so I work with children from about mm, six months up until five years of age, and each and every day, it's a new adventure. Each and every day, we are allowed to explore music or, you know, color and paint and, you know, explore the arts and read books and to be able to plant those seeds into those young minds, knowing and praying that it flourishes into something beautiful in the years to come, in the years to come makes it awesome. Having to choose one favorite book is really hard, but what I will say is a book that I read recently that I absolutely fell in love with was um, Children of Blood and Bone. It was a, an amazing book. Like, I literally read that book, and it's it was kind of thick. I literally finished it in, like, three or four days. But I haven't had a book that kept me turning pages like that in a long time. So if you're looking for a great read, try The Children of Blood and Bone. As far as what makes me a misfit, I guess it's just me, you know. I, I'm i not all the way natural, but then I am, you know. I'm that hippie but yet modern chick. Um, and and I, I want to say it's those oxymoronic things about myself that makes me a misfit, you know. I, I don't even know how to properly formulate it. Um, the Christian girl who reads tarot cards. Um, the Jesus believer who also studies the Zodiac. So it's those things, those quirks that make me a misfit. How has my life changed since Storytellers? Um, since Storytellers, I've gotten married. And I'm now a wife and mother of two children. So... You may hear them in the background, you may not, but that's how my life has changed since Storytellers. Hey, this is D. Taylor, and I just wanted to take a moment to show some love to Storytellers. My first memory of Storytellers was first seeing that flyer and just wondering to myself, who is this guy pictured on this flyer with the backwards cap looking all militant and serious? Like, who is this host promoting this event? But something really intrigued me about the concept of it, so I decided to come out one evening and I just remember being immediately impressed by the diverse and eclectic talent I saw that night. I mean, there was a dancer, there were poets, there was a vocalist, they talked about books. It was just such a warm, welcoming, inviting space where anyone could come and express themselves freely in pretty much any form that they chose. And personally, I felt like I belonged right away. Being someone who always did my own thing, I didn't follow the crowd, I held my own opinions, I completely embraced being a misfit. So Storytellers was unlike any other event I had ever experienced before. And to be honest, I haven't experienced anything like that since. It was undeniably special. One of one, none before, none to come. So much love to Raven and the crew, man. Thank you so much for being such an amazing contribution to the art scene in Baltimore. And thank you for the continued inspiration. One love. There is
Thank you all so much. My name is Mario Gray, and I am a storyteller. So when I was a part of Storytellers, um, I was the camera guy, and I DJed occasionally. Um, I, I just kind of jumped in wherever I was needed, um, and it was cool to, I guess, be a part of a team and feel needed. So my favorite part of the role was uh, basically, like I said, just being a part of a team, and I really just got to meet a lot of cool people that I probably wouldn't have met otherwise. Um, I met Mama DK. I met like some some great singers. I met the rest of the team, Tree Chic and Quill and everybody. Um, so I think that was my favorite part of working with storytellers. So I performed a few times um, at storytellers. It was actually my first performance ever. I'd never performed anywhere before. Um, but I guess the, the my favorite moment was the first time that I ever performed. Um, afterwards, um, I, I, it was the first time I had met Mama DK, and she pulled me aside and was telling me that uh, she really liked it, and she was proud that I had the bravery to do it um, in a room full of people that I barely knew. Um, so I think that was my favorite part. Like After that, I got the courage to speak out and speak out more. I think Storytellers started um, a lot of different things in Baltimore. Uh, I think it it inspired people to start writing and to start um, performing. I, I personally know a few people that never that never really felt like they had a place to go um, until Storytellers. Not to knock any other uh, any other show or um, uh, open mic in the city, but I know it was a lot of people's first experience in in that scene, and it opened doors and led people onto a lot of bigger and better things. Um, and I definitely think that storytellers will be missed. Like I think it's kind of left uh, a spot that not has not necessarily been filled. But I I, I think that it started a lot of things that a lot of people started there that may or may not have gotten into the scene if it wasn't for storytellers. So since storytellers, um, well, as, as you all know, if you've come to storytellers that you have to, uh, when you come up, you have to talk about your favorite book and, um, how you paid it forward in the weeks leading to storytellers. So in the years following, uh, working with storytellers and performing storytellers, um, I've actually gotten into advocacy work, so I feel like I'm kind of paying for it every day, um, just trying to help my community, uh, trying to get people tested, trying to get people housing when I can, trying to uh, emergency assistance, all those types of things. Just trying to, um, in the wake of legislation and uh, a system that isn't necessarily the most positive right now after the Obama uh, Obama administration. Um, I'm just trying to give people, uh, more specifically, um, black gay men and bisexual men, um, something that I don't think that I necessarily had when I was growing up. Um, so my favorite book has always been Misery by Stephen King. Uh, 
um, it's what started me writing, like the way that he describes things in the book and how he uses uh, his, how he uses, he weaves and uses his words in, in that story really, it, it told a, a haunting and beautiful tale and it always inspires me to write and, and use different word schemes and things like that to get my points across, so definitely Misery by Stephen King. So, uh, what makes me a misfit is the fact that, I guess, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, like, a regular person, I guess. Like, I've always felt, like, kind of, like, on the outskirts of most groups I, that I've been a part of. Like, I've always been a nerd. I've always been kind of into strange things, as people would say. Um, and I think that's what brought... Uh, the storytellers cast together. I think we're all strange and in our own unique and beautiful ways. And it basically helped us all to become friends and helped us to uh, basically help Raven on his journey of putting on this amazing show. So I think that misfits, uh, being a misfit to me is just being strange and being weird, but not looking at it in a negative way. Storytellers was home. I can't think of another way to describe it. It was such a welcoming environment. Didn't matter who you were, everyone was glad to see you. I wish I'd discovered it sooner. The focus on literacy, paying it forward, and living in your truth. The chemistry of the hosts, the energy of the artists and audience. There's nothing like it in Baltimore now. I'm a misfit because I don't quite fit in anywhere. I question damn near everything. I create by my own rules and do my best to live in my truth. Storytellers taught all who attended that it was more than okay to be a misfit. My daddy was a box of this quick. Mammy was chicken. Too damn timid to pay half attention when one of her random wannabe Cash things ran missing, which begs the question, not what came first between the egg and the chicken, but rather, can something truly be considered missing if it disappeared and no one missed it? Nevertheless, dig it. Never was I born. Rather, I was battered into existence, flattened into submission, parried into a discus when I was splattered into this prison. Pam offered her assistance, but the pan left her sizzling damn skillet quite hot. When I touch it, I hop. I was invented for the question of an appetite that's infinite. Therefore, by design, my very intent is impotent. To name me doesn't matter, it's senseless. But if you have to, if you insist, just call me Flapjack. I'm the one that you butter up just to stab in the back. <laughs> and it makes me want to holler because we silver dollars get slapped on the bottom with a spatula when we get flipped. And even when my brothers and I get together and try to build to the highest of heights, you still find ways to belittle us, calling us a, a short stack. I was on the bottom because I was the first to fry. And even though the guy on the top is the first to die, I bet your bottom dollar and worst of cries is mine as I, the lone survivor, watch my brethren get shredded inside of your incisors. Batter to batter, dust to dust, I cry out for compassion in the midst of this breakfast of injustice, but Betty just had me some crock about that. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> yeah, and, and Pillsbury claims he can feel my very pain, but you don't hear me, though. <laughs> but she 
She makes circumstances sweet. Raised in a log cabin on Maple Street by her mama's sister, Jim Mama. Skin brown as the fingernails of Mother Earth's masseuse. She dances like a lava last mama. And her taste? Passion fruit paste. Jelly bean juice. Gummy bear gravy. She makes me tasty as she tickles her initials in the roundness of my brownness. Miss Lotion of Lucifer. The tears of Medusa. Pretty please, Pandora, let me play with your Xbox. You sweet, sticky thing, come and play with my Ohio. Turn me on the table and scratch, scratch my black vinyl. This tea time in Texas. So let me sip upon some scissor like three six suggested. Better than making love. Let us make breakfast. For the last molasses, batter up. We must step up to the plate for fate won't wait. See, it's not that we weren't meant to be together, but just never forever. And though it might seem that we were made for one another, in truth we were made for the hunger of another. So come, Mrs. Banner, let us dive face first into the hulking hole of the abomination. Come, Leia, let us genocide a millennium falcon straight into the gulping maw of the space slug. Come, Trinity, let us fly to feed the god of the machines, promising to free him with his own greed breeds. And even as we're masticated and assassinated, even as we're gulped into a poke down the apocalypse the abyss of the esophagus, even as our syrupy sweet converts into a biodegradable dream deferred. Let us stick to the preciousness of our togetherness. But just as Rick and Ilsa will always have Paris, Flapjack and Scissor will always have breakfast. <laughs> say about storytellers storytellers created a space where artists family members friends and complete strangers would get together monthly and talk and sing and dance and rap and share their art all without judgment or ego and you'd be hard-pressed to find any other venue in Baltimore that had the same kind of energy and the same kind of love that you received when you walked into the venue. One of the things that made Storytellers so unique was before each performance, you would share what it is you were currently reading, um, if you had done something nice for someone, how you could pay it forward, and what makes you a misfit. I'm not really sure what makes me a misfit other than the fact that I'm extremely socially awkward. Um, but I would also have to say maybe it's the way that I wear my hair from the way that I walk, from the way that I sing to the way that I talk. Um, my ability to exist in a world that tells me that because I'm differently able. I should never be seen and very seldom heard, yet I am pretty much seen and heard every time I sing something, um, and I'm very grateful for those moments. One of the reasons Storytellers is so special to me is it was the first event that I had ever sang publicly and I remember being nervous but I wasn't terrified um, there was never a time where I felt unsafe 
or scared at storytellers. And I feel like that just speaks to the type of energy that Raven, Quill, and Luminous had all created. There was always so much love in the room. And it was always necessary. It always felt necessary to be there, to be present in the moment. Um, And storytellers is always going to have a special place in my heart. I would definitely say it's just as necessary now as it was then. And I miss it so much. Um, I miss getting there 90 minutes early and waiting for it to start. Um, but I'm, I'm grateful to have experienced it. And happy 10 years. Hello, everyone. My name is Earl, I'm also known as Ian for the Storytellers Group. And my responsibilities mainly over the couple of years that Storytellers existed, I was the doorkeeper person along with Trey Sheep and did a lot of the, the finance. I have to say, as far as my favorite, some of my favorite moments um, in those capacities, for sure, was hearing Native Son perform. He did a particular piece called Learn to Love, and it just really spoke to me. The, the lyrics, the instrumentals, the music, just over the years, that still stuck in my head. It was just very, I'll say, vulnerable, and really appreciated it. Um, I definitely need to make more of an attempt to support his work because it was awesome. You know, again, just the singing, it was beautiful. Uh, the other point to storytellers I loved seeing uh, in, in my roles was just the, the openness of even the entire venue. It was just a very inviting space. People were nice. People came in. Some people may be a little quieter, more reserved, more excited to come. It was just fun to see, see people. And I suppose I like to people watch, so that was that was great. And, uh, another moment I really enjoyed was with my partner in crime, Trey Seek. I don't remember what started or how I got going on it, but I was pointing at somebody talking about how we were really good on our, our role, and I did something about, like, you know, eye to eye, but I was more so one eye, eye of the tiger. And from that night on, every time I see her, we do this whole eye of the tiger thing and both laugh. It's awesome. What's not to like about that? As far as, I wasn't really a performer, but again, in the role of doorkeeper, I just enjoyed meeting people. You know, everyone has their own story, as it were. Everyone's there for a different reason. And it was great to see just the diversity of people that come in to storytellers, people that are either looking for open mic spot, people that are there because they were invited or told to come or told to come sing. It was just a lot of fun, and I still miss it to this day. I would say overall, what I believe storytellers contributed would be a level of warmth. I haven't done a lot of open mic venues, but in my time as storytellers, it was always an open and inviting space. You didn't need to be a celebrity, very popular, it was coming and represent who you are, your craft, 
what you can do. You know, people never felt, in my opinion, ever felt unwelcome. It was, you can come whether you were fully confident, whether you were a little nervous, whether you were polished or not, and you always were found, you always were given, you know, a hug, applause, a smile. That, that thing was always a big thing, was making sure the room felt warm and there was positivity. Always awesome, always awesome. So I would say a big factor of storytellers was the pay it forward, pay it forward movement. Um, what I've done specifically, I'm not sure, but I try to live my life in a way that I definitely believe that we all are here to be a blessing to one another. So, what that means, <laughs> you know, not hitting the pedestrian while you're driving, just walking too slowly across the street. Okay, do it. You know, holding the door for someone. I think try your best to to help one another. Try to treat people the way you want to be treated. Uh, at work, we have this annual event where it's called uh, Random Acts of Kindness, where you write a note to someone. You know, it can be anonymous and just say what you like about them or speak a word of encouragement. And that always reminds me a bit of the pay it forward, pay it forward movement from storytellers. Uh, I haven't read a lot of books over the years, but there are two that really do speak out to me. And one is called Jonathan Livingston Seagull by Richard Bach. And quick blurb about it's about the life of seagulls. And one seagull in particular who's trying to hmm, gain perspective on the world. He asks questions about, you know, why the flock goes here? Why do you do this? Why does a seagull have to be X, Y, or Z? And it gave me a bit of perspective on the world where that, we're not all meant to be the same. And I think, if anything, it makes the world better if we're not always the same. Uh, the next book that I still have in my collection is called The Coldest Winter Ever by Sister Soldier. And that's just a phenomenal book. And it follows a young lady and her view of, of life and her father and family. And it goes through a bunch of ups and downs, and it's kind of crazy and wild in what she's trying to do. But from that book, it showed me that, again, we all are trying to find ourselves. We all want to be happy. Sometimes that pursuit of happiness can conflict with others. It can cause undue you know, pain. It can cause joy. And I don't think necessarily that we're trying to hurt others. But again, we're trying to find ourselves. So those two books really help resonate with me, is that you want to gain awareness of the world, something outside of yourself, realizing that it's not just us here living, and we're supposed to help everybody, while also trying to figure out what our purpose might be. And uh, a big thing, why I think I might be a misfit myself, as I guess with anyone else, as I kind of alluded to earlier, is that I'm also trying to find who I am. You know, I'm now 36. I guess I have made some strides overall. I mean, I'm still here. So I've done something right or wrong because I'm still here, you know, trying to, to learn and, and gain that, that view. But I think part of being a misfit is being okay even with your mistakes, realizing your mistakes, realizing things that you still want to pursue and develop. And 
Yeah, it's not just trying necessarily to fit in because it might be easier for everyone else. You need to be true to who you are. I think that's a big part of being a misfit. So since storytellers, I think I have been a little less on track, I'll say. Um, years ago, there was more of an objective, a goal, always, on what you wanted to do. You know, being in the 20s, you figure, at that point, the world is yours. You, know, you want to make sure you, you find the job, you get the relationship, you achieve X, Y, Z. But at a certain point, kind of saying, well, what does that objective really really mean? I mean, life is chaotic. You know, it's really awesome as long as you find what it is you need is what it's all about. Have I found that? I don't really think so. Uh, but at least I'm aware of that a bit more. And I try to take every day for what it is. You know, still pursuing, uh, but not being afraid of the, the slips or being afraid of maybe being vulnerable. And I'll say a big part of that is perhaps, I guess, life changed for me the most is that I don't think years ago with storytellers that I would have done this interview. I would have figured out a way to say, oh, I'm out of the state. I'm out of the country. I can't do this. But here I am. So I think that is uh, maybe the biggest change in my life so far. You know, you know, join the gym, trying to be healthier, trying to still find ways of outlets, <laughs> good or bad, for when you need to let go of stress. And I think that is what has helped helps me become who I am nowadays. You would probably say that I get stupid love. Because I don't wait for Cupid to hit me type love. I told him that I'm in this for you type love. I love without reason. I don't need a purpose or a season. I love freely with no boundaries. My love is no limit, bounded, bounded. I love without explanation or expectation. I love senselessly. Without pretense, we can be destiny for however long. I love strong and hard. I love stuff with no regard. I love in comfort. Without condition or tension, I love without apprehension. I mean, ain't that how it's supposed to be done? Give that crazy love, that hold me in your arms and save me type love. But first, let me repay all that you gave me type love. I love effortlessly. Love selflessly without thought or regret. I love yet despite flaws. Love with no regard for selfish things like pride. We can just set that aside. I love wholeheartedly. Body and soul heavenly with earthly desires. Love through the rain, through the fire, through such contradictions. I love without shame. Love the man with passion, with friendly interaction, mixed with some lustful attraction. I love genuinely. Generously, I will love like a fool, love with no rules, but ain't that how it's supposed to be done? I love seriously, love fearlessly without thought of consequence. I don't love for recompense. I love like, whoa. Love with pack bags like, baby, I'm ready to go. I love now and forever, whether or not we are together. I love without reservation. Whether he's on time or at the sad destination, even when the brother keeps me waiting, I love the borrowed patience. I love the real. Love him in honesty, even when he wanted to cop deals. I love him now. Love him more than I ever thought I ever knew how. I love him his way. I love him the way that he wants to be aggressively. I love him his way, despite his past and what he did yesterday, despite what he's done. Regardless of some in their theories, I'm always 
going to love a man exactly the way that I want him to love me. Thank you. Storytellers represents a judgment-free zone where creatives and artists can come together and share openly, freely, express themselves, and where the audience both gives and receives love, light, support, uh, and being a part of it. It was dope just to be in that space um, with so many other creative individuals. Um, it was inspiring. It was energizing. It was fulfilling. It was encouraging. It was accepting. And I think it's one of the dopest events I've ever been a part of. I love the fact that it started off as an idea, but then it manifested itself into, you know, reality. So it was a blessing to be a part of Storytellers. As a DJ, as an audience member. Yeah, so I thank Raven for putting it on, having the carriage to follow through, and everybody that was a part of making it part of history, part of our lives, a chapter of our lives that uh, can't be denied. I wanna tell my babies about Rosa Parks. I want to tell my babies about Fannie Lou. I want to give my children the method and the message to make her story come true. I want to tell my babies about Paul Thomas Dunbar, Marcus Garvey too. I want to give my babies songs in the key of life like Stevie Wonder do. I want their dreams to be in six parts, sweet honey, rock and harmony. This is Janice B. 
I have very fond memories of storytellers. It was probably early 2009, and I was new to the Baltimore music scene as a solo artist. And even though I was in a band for several years prior, I hadn't been to many open mics, especially not in Baltimore City. So here I am in my early 40s, a new mom, just starting completely over musically, and not really uh, knowing many people in the scene and feeling, you know, really isolated, I guess is the best way to describe it. But to be honest, when the elevator doors would open up at the UB Blake, it was like that scene in The Wizard of Oz. I don't know if you guys, I'm probably dating myself, where it goes from black and white to color. And that's, it always felt like home and the energy was high and full of love. And I just always felt embraced there. I always felt like I belonged. Everybody was welcome. Everyone got on the mic, you know, all walks of life, poets, singers, dancers. It was always like a family reunion and it just brought a lot of joy to the scene you know underneath I feel like underneath the masks that we wear and all the pain and fears and things we try to cover up we really just all want one thing and that's to be acknowledged and to be heard and to feel that way and storytellers always gave me that so I really appreciate you all for that <laughs> and I love you guys and happy anniversary please give my regards to the man who lost his son in the I'm happy Storytellers lives on on YouTube. I love that you can see every performance as well as our after party entitled After the Story on YouTube as well. Those were a lot of fun to make. We also have tons of commercials we made as well. You can check them all out on my two YouTube channels, Raven Ekundayo and Revolution LLC. 
Many of these artists are still performing, so make sure to check out their names in the show description and connect with them on social media. This has been a very special episode for me. I loved and love storytellers so much. Thank you to Nicole, to Mario, and to Earl. Also, thank you to Andrew Carpenter, Daryl Taylor, Lady Trey, Stephanie Chapman, Janice B., and DJ Spontaneous. Storytellers not only lives on on YouTube, but within all of the Misfit universe who remember the love and light we shared every month. Thank you to Troy Burton for providing us a safe space to create such magic. Make sure you check out this Thursday's episode of The Culture of Pop with BHW. It's jam-packed. There's a lot that has taken place over the last week. (laughs) Walk with us on social media too. THS Podcast on IG and underscore THS Podcast on Twitter. Scorpiogi across all platforms for me and just call me Otis on IG and Twitter. Thank you all again. This has been a lot of fun. Next week, we celebrate one year of healing, and I can't wait for all of you to see how we bring in year two. So until next time, I love you all. Namaste. Namaste.